my god, I didn't think it was real balls. Come on. My exact word was testicle. Yeah, but I How did it, you get confused? I thought it was like cartoon. No, cartoon testicles. Oh my god. What's going on? This thing. We're done. Let's oh, do this. Megan's like, okay, yes. We're going to talk. I'm going to say stuff first though, right? Yeah. Welcome to Lisa Beats Your Meat. I don't know what episode number this is. The ground 15. 15? All right. Uh, we have our guests back with us, Coach Cat in the house. Hello, podcast world. Also on 10, right? I was, yes. Five. Okay, every, every five. five. I like okay. it. Okay. Um, like always, he doesn't drink, but he's going to do himself a little shot. And I poured myself way too much. He time. did. It's like a half of a shot instead of a fourth of a shot. Here we go. Cheers. Always, we're on Instagram Live. If you ever want to watch these, I kept follow. Lisa beats your meat. Oh no. man. Okay. Gotta Oof. swoosh it around. No, I did. I like gurgled it. That burned my innards. Okay. Okay. I'm awake now. Pussies. Oh, sorry. Don't say I mean, that. Wimps. Such a wimps. Um. Anyways, today we are going to start with a viewer question. Uh, last time we said that you could email us or send in any sort of question you had, and we got one. We got, a, we got like a triple, I think. It was Whoa. really exciting. Nice. Um, so Jimmy's going to play this question for us, and then we're going to answer it. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. I'm going to. Tr- this is a new attempt here. All right, so question first. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Lisa. I'm just sitting here eating a hunk of meat that Lisa has yet to beat. <laughs> Um, and you said you wanted questions for this week's podcast or this bi-weekly, I don't know, there's no rhyme or reason to how often you air, but, um, first question is, where does baby corn come from? Like, it's kind of joking, but seriously, like, how do they get it that small and where does it come from? And then, I also wanted to know what your opinion is on free-range eggs, I think that's what they're called, like the ones that are supposedly humanely treated. Um, do you eat those eggs or how do you feel about people who eat those eggs and what's the deal with free range eggs? And what was another question? I'm here with Kyle, my boyfriend, who is a diehard meat eater. Hello. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> um, there was, a, oh, like flaxseed and sesame seeds. What kind of plants do those come from? These might be kind of dumb questions. I'm sure I could just Google, but I, I, we were Okay. All right. That, that was no, they're good the questions. Yeah, that was definitely they're good though. questions. The the mini corn. I feel like we've all had that question. I, what is mini corn? We've all wondered. and We've all been too scared to ask it. Well, mini, I, mini corn's baby corn. Okay, but wh- where would I find baby corn? Like that kind of that it's, question kind of threw me for a loop because no, I was like, it's just undeveloped corn. It's do we like, eat it? Yeah, it's like the veal of corn. Like uh, Chinese food, the little. Corn, like stir fry corn. The size of your pinky. Oh, the oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I got it now. Um, okay. No, it's just baby corn. It's literally just baby corn. Um, I actually got some corn the other day, and there was like one attached to the side of it, and it was like a baby corn. I tried to give it to my stepson, and he was like, "Are you kidding me with this?" So they just go out and grab. I think they just they just like grow right certain. When it starts? No, yeah, they just like have specific crops that are like you guys are gonna be babies. We're gonna eat okay. you when you're young. It's the cob that you can't ingest. So when they're babies like that, you the, can there's eat no the cob. cob. No, there is a cob, but it's but just, you can ingest it's, the cob. It's tender enough because it's a baby oh. that you can eat it. Have you ever sucked on a corn cob? <laughs> Sorry. 
Never. After you eat the corn. You just went to a dark what? place. I mean it not like that. Oh my but God. like <laughs> What is going on? Perpendicular. Right like Perpendicular? No, like the way you would eat corn like and on the cob and then suck on it. I just recommend it. I've really? just never it's a been... weird thing. Well it's like after you bite it and then like you can kinda go back and get a little more good. I mean I've I've gone it. back for the kernels that I missed, but I've yeah. never actually gone back to Suck a corn. Cob. <laughs> There's like juices in there. There's I don't know why juices. I brought this up. Corn oh is man, kind of juicy. It's real juicy. It's weird. Um, Sorry. Well, not to go on a tangent about corn, but I think I'm going to put up a couple more recipes about corn on my website because there is a lot you can do with corn. Actually, Kat, um, last summer or maybe the summer before that, you might not even remember. I made you a corn bread pudding. I do remember yep, that. I made that. It was delicious. Yep. And that was with corn. To be fair, like, though, there's only been one food you've ever given me that was not delicious, though. Well, I know you hate Satan. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> get it. Right. But aside from that, no, that I do remember that, that, yeah. corn, that corn pudding. It was delicious. It was um, good. So we're, we're on corn. Mm-hmm. I do have a question for my two vegan friends slash landlords. Um, is there bad corn? Uh, you mean like? Like the GMO corn. Oh, right. Well, I would venture to say that corn is probably one of the most heavily like manipulated plants Mm. because people use it for so many things like corn starch and ethanol and corn syrup. And so Mm. I would assume that uh, corn is the GMO. That's a podcast for another day. Yeah, yeah, let's definitely talk about it. The good corn and the evil corn. And and what's happened to corn because of ethanol. and Yeah, but that it's been manipulated. Um, There are a bunch of foods that are like okay to eat that, are like well, I guess that's organic and non-organic and not right. GMO and GMO. We yeah, we got to talk about that. Let's put a pin in that for We're a future. We're gonna put a pin on it. We'll talk okay. about that later. All eggs. Right. So baby corn's done. Eggs. Um, we got a lot to say about eggs, but we'll. And keep these it are brief. free-range chickens, correct? Free-range chickens means they these chickens were in your backyard, hanging out in your friend's backyard. You bought them, you know, from somebody you knew or well, Joe sort Trump. of. I mean, if you see that on a thing of eggs at the grocery store, it could be misleading. It could be misleading. Because yeah. free range actually just means that they're not in a cage. Like, they're not in one cage by themselves, but they could be in, like, a large a- cage with a bunch of other chickens. Yeah, okay. so let's talk about those first. The ones you get at the grocery store that do come from a big operation. Yeah. Chickens just aren't in a cage. Right. Well, not to be so specific, but just know that, like, there's white eggs um, that probably come from a factory farm, and then there's cage-free or organic or free range. What kind of eggs are brown? Those are the cage-free, organic, okay. all all eggs, that right? kind of. Yeah, eggs so all eggs out. are brown, but if they're processed, they're not they're all white. eggs are brown. Some eggs come out whitish. Oh, okay. Like we had gotten some eggs. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but not all eggs are brown. Not all eggs are white. Uh, some are white because they're processed, but some are just white inherently. Um, but anyways, uh, when you go to the store and you buy these organic slash free range, all that mumbo jumbo, just know that you really got to check where that farm is from because they can kind of uh, skew their definition of free range slash, um, you know, cage free. Yeah, or, the requirements to be able to right. call it organic, organic is, or free range. Well, or any organic of that. is usually okay. Um, like you can call something organic and it's, it's pretty much the same standard across the board, but not always. So I guess what my two... What you guys are saying, though, to the meat eaters of the world is that when you go out and search for these products, actually knowing where it came from is probably the most important thing when in terms of health. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. if you're going to go out and buy eggs instead of going to Giant Eagle, seek out a farm where they actually sell eggs from the farm. Right. So, Jimmy and I used to eat eggs. Confessions of a vegan. Yeah. We ate eggs. You just lost half your audience. Right. They're gone. <laughs> well, we ate eggs and... Um, You're fake vegan. So, when I, when I became vegan, I kind of... Missed eggs. Yeah, I almost feel like I convinced you into this. Not really. You would you'd always said if I could well, find... It's an ethical thing for me. And yeah. eating eggs is a loophole in that ethical thing of a being a vegan because we found some guy. It's kind of trendy now to have chickens. And we found some guy that had a bunch of chickens and he had a bunch of extra eggs. So e- chickens are going to lay eggs regardless of their state. Like uh, we've said, like a cow only produces breast milk or milk when it's, you know, currently after giving birth. But a, a-, a chicken's always going to lay an egg. So there's going to be leftover eggs regardless if we take them or not. Does yeah. that make sense? I have heard an argument against that. Yeah. One tiny one. But what's the argument? It was just that if you take their eggs, they're more prone Keep to continue to lay them. But I don't think they're going through any pain or suffering to lay eggs. I mean, no. they're, they're laying eggs regardless. Right. So, so f- I ate eggs because I knew the place. I literally you would see the chickens and we'd be like, hey, chickens, you guys cool. And the chickens would be like, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm going to eat your eggs. <laughs> They're just like pets in some guy's yard. Yeah. Okay. And they looked very happy and they were fed um, organic meal. Yeah. So do, it was all do good. Do you believe this? I, I have um, I have two other friends that are vegans, uh, yeah. DJ and Raven. I think I might have mentioned mm-hmm. them last time. Wonderful people. Do you believe that that fear transmits itself oh, into the yeah. food? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't eat meat, but I've heard that argument before, and I feel like um, that's what they said. Like, you yeah, shouldn't hunters. eat roadkill, right? Okay. Hunters. Not why would you eat roadkill in the first place, <laughs> but. I've heard that a deer that gets hit by a car tastes different than a deer that you shoot with a gun. Okay. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. I've had Because they're like, I'm going to get a shot. Roadkill. Yeah, the muscles are tense. Yeah. And, um, like and then when they're adrenaline's killed. pumping through their body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that so was the, a side question. So the egg thing, I like that you said that because, yeah, it was, it. we don't feel like it's that inhumane to take an egg off the ground from a chicken that's in your yard that's a pet that's treated well. Yeah. Um, but health way. Health reasons, health way, that doesn't make health sense. Health wise. Health wise. Um, we kind of came around and decided that we were not going to do eggs. Well, first we were like, maybe we'll do eggs like every weekend. Um, and then we just didn't buy them because it was like, we're not going to go buy yeah, a dozen. Maybe someone listening to this can relate. Um, it's hard to give up the things that you love. Right. And eggs were one of my favorite things. And if we could find a way to justify eating them, um, we did. We did. One and time we made, so like we are vegan, but we would eat these eggs. But we would call them vegan eggs. So like we would go places, but we, <laughs> we would be the only, like we'd only eat these eggs. Like it, we couldn't go to a restaurant and if the restaurant was like, these are free range eggs, we'd be like, Mm-mm, no. Like I would only eat the eggs from this specific farmer. And we went into Paul's Diner, like uh, mm-hmm. in Grandview. Wonderful place. Yeah. And we got some hash browns. Is it still open? Yeah, they reopened it. Awesome. Uh, we got a Callahan, which is like their version of hash browns. Yes. And I pre-made sunny side up eggs. You rolled in there. She with had them in her purse. In, Are you serious? She had them yeah. in her purse. In oh, Tupperware man. in my purse. And then we ordered hash browns and then I scooped our eggs onto it and ate it right there in the diner. No, nothing to see here. Yep. <laughs> That's um, weird. But since then, um, I justified it because, and this is kind of the theme of tonight's podcast. This is kind of a great 
um, question to be to start this off with. Um, it's really hard to get good information about the food that you eat. There are yeah. tons of articles on the internet saying that eggs are the worst thing in the world. They're packed with cholesterol. They're they're one of the worst things you can put in your body. And then there's just as many articles saying they're great. The they're high in protein. They have no carbohydrates. So what's and they're the a great deal? way to start their day. Um, I have been convinced through research and um, reading that they are not good for you. Um, and I like to brag that vegans get zero cholesterol. Yeah. Um, and if I'm well, eating like three thing, eggs a day or have, even three eggs hold a week. On though, hold on, though. Cholesterol, though, isn't necessarily bad. No, Ooh, not at all. Your body makes it, right? I know I know cholesterol. Oh, Go ahead. Take it away, Lisa. I'm probably going to get yelled at because I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to explain <laughs> cholesterol. I so you just... You just Oh, that's right. I am a doctor. That's a disclaimer. No, you're not a doctor. Oh, anyways. <laughs> um, so our bodies, we are animals and we produce cholesterol. Correct. Animals are the only thing that produce cholesterol. Correct. Um, there's some foods that will up your cholesterol production and some things that will lower your cholesterol production. Foods and activities. Yeah. Correct. There are two types of cholesterol. There's HDL, HDL and LDL, LDL which Correct. is the good one for you. HDL. HDL, because as I like to remember it, HDL stands for high-density lipoprotein, oh. and LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein. Indeed. And HDL reminds me of, like, a hype man, so, like, you want the hype, the good kind. <laughs> okay. And the LDL reminds me of, like, low or lame, and you don't want that kind. Hmm. So um, when you ingest another animal, you're eating their cholesterol. Therefore, that would raise your HDL. Some H or it would raise your cholesterol. Uh, maybe it raises your HDL, HDL and LDL. It raises your LDL. Right, but you're ingesting just actual cholesterol. But then you could eat like um, walnuts, and that would raise your LDL. It doesn't raise Wait a your LDL. Wait a it, minute. Hold on, it raises your production of LDL in you. Okay, but you said that the only things that or, produce no, HDL, cholesterol I mean. are animal, or people, or animals. animals. And yeah, certain but, foods. But how, how do nuts? Certain foods will, um, like, it will like help trigger, you process yes, more. So, so by eating the nuts, when I eat the nuts, I don't gain cholesterol by eating the nuts, but it will trigger things in my body that help create. That's right. That ah. makes sense. Right. Okay. Or you could eat animals, which would you're just ingesting the actual raw cholesterol. Okay. And I didn't mean to say that nuts raises your LDL. It raises the hype man HDL. Interesting. So. So that's the good. Right. And the argument with eggs is that it raises your LDL, that it has too much cholesterol in it. Because an egg, if you go back to like the idea of an egg, it's it like it, you know, it has like a crap ton of stuff in there to become a, a chick. <laughs> yeah. So it has a lot of extra, I don't know, it's a very fatty thing. So mm -hmm. it raises your HDL. So if you're concerned about cholesterol, like some people just have high cholesterol from genetics. And if you're concerned about that, eggs might not be something you want to do. But if you're not, I don't know. Well, I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've had an egg. And like anything else we've talked about, the dairy, the meat. Um, you got over it? Got over it pretty quickly. And well, I feel like we stopped just because it's... I don't know. For me, it was just easier to just like be like, I'm done eating everything. That's like the eggs were just like this last little bit. Yeah, the vegan. I wanted eggs. to be a pure vegan. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, and more and more, we're convincing ourselves why that's the best way, and obviously, that's why we're having these conversations. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess animal cruelty wise. 
Um, it's up to cruelty. you to decide, but we personally don't feel like yeah. If you're um, getting a it, backyard sorry. chicken that has eggs just laying around is bad. You're yeah. getting it from some like say you have a chicken and you're like oh, I don't know if I should eat this egg anymore. You know that's your choice and ethically wise that chicken's okay. You can take their eggs, but health wise you got to decide if you want that cluster or not. And you also keep in mind that this is like another layer to it. But um, if you get a factory farm egg compared to uh, your backyard chicken egg, the health on the spectrum on those two eggs is really different. Your backyard chicken egg is going to be much healthier than your factory farm egg. Yeah, not to ruin your day, but my favorite thing before vegan was to go out to breakfast. Um, most of the white eggs. You gave up breakfast since you gave been up vegan. Breakfast. No, we go to breakfast all the time. You get hash browns. <laughs> I'm joking, but to go out to breakfast and get hash browns and and things with eggs on top of them. But those little white eggs that you might buy at the grocery store or that might be served to you in a restaurant. Um, if you're an animal cruelty person, horrific, so what is horrific animal cruelty person. You mean well, like, like I know animal rights. Yeah, like that's someone, what you're saying. Someone yeah. very yeah. concerned with what's going on inside of okay. a, a factory and, you know, the way these Don't chickens are being And you, you are not an animal cruelty person, no. correct? No, I mean, I no, don't want cruelty compassion. in any species. Just just to be clear, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I didn't give it up because right. I didn't give up meat because I was concerned with how animals are being treated. But I also was very quick to turn my eyes away from what was happening to animals because I wanted to justify it. Um, the more that I've learned, the more it is kind of, I didn't know cows had best friends. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm softening a little bit, but that's also ties greatly into what we're going to talk about today. Wait, there was wait, one wait, more yeah, question. The, the so, flax yeah. seed. Flax yeah, talk seed. about flax seed. Well, chia seeds and flax seeds, they come from just like a regular plant. Um, chia seeds come from a salvia plant, which is a lot of people have that uh, in like their backyard. It's just like a, Salvia. Salvia. It's not like the drug. Yeah, one. wasn't that like a drug that someone no. found? Or? Yeah. Oh, salvia is a drug, but no, this is just like a plant. It's like a normal plant. I can. Is it a different it. plant? Then salvia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's. And maybe it. It could be like a like variation. Like a poppy seed type yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but uh, the chia seed is like ch 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 chia. That's the like same thing, right? That's the chia pet. Yeah, yeah. but like they're the same seeds. So we're eating chia pets now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I bought my dad a Barack Obama chia pet. Yeah. And he just chiaed the mustache and made him grow a big mustache. <laughs> chiaed it. <laughs> um, and then flax seeds are yeah, it's just like a, I think it's called a linium linum. Flax seed, they used to make other stuff out of flax seeds. I don't know, it's kind of boring stuff. It's just but a plant? Yeah, it's just a plant. You can grow it, and you can harvest the seeds if you're, like, vegan level 27. But I must say, after a shake in the morning with the chia seeds on top of the shake, yeah. after it's blended, yeah. it's sucking those bad boys up to the straw. They just get stuck they get in my... They get crunchy. Yeah, they get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. But they just taste really good. I don't, I don't like that juice with the chia juice. in it. Yeah, that's it's like, gross. It's like... Strawberry syrup with like chunks bubbly. of seed in it, mm -hmm. um, but I've heard they're really good for you. Yep, I like chia seeds because you know why they're good for you. Um, well, flax seeds. Gosh, let me, let me get. Yeah, what about flax seeds? Flax seeds are incredibly good for you. Um, they they're one of those. They raise your right cholesterol, mm -hmm. and I think they have omega threes in them. They do. Yeah, so omega sixes are the bad ones, and omega threes are the good ones. Mm -hmm. Omega threes help battle omega-6s um but 
Flax seeds are super good for you. Chia seeds are good for your digestion in a lot of ways because if you do put them in water, they balloon up and have this like, in like a water balloon esque thing to them, and so that happens like in your digestion, so it makes you feel a little bit fuller than you are. Hmm. Oh wow! Yep. Who knew? Who knew? I didn't. Did that satisfy the questions from our viewer? <laughs> I hope so. I hope we get more of them. Yeah, that was um, fun. Cool. They were really good questions. All right, let's, let's get you. into the nitty-gritty. What are we talking about? Topic of the day. Uh, so, yeah, the topic of the day we've already kind of touched on. It's, well, food disparagement laws. First of all, what does disparagement mean? Um, I guess, well, what was the nickname for these laws? Do you remember? No. Um, veggie libel laws. Okay. Veggie Just, libel or label? Libel. Okay. So it's to, to disparage is to kind of, to libel, same kind of thing. It's to incorrectly or maybe even correctly say something negative about someone or something and have that affect them. Talking sh- Oh, I totally know what this, that, this has happened to me. <laughs> I've been, been disparaged. You've been libeled? All right, libel. Libel's written. A published false statement that is damaging to a person's reputation, a written defamation. Yeah, slander is the same thing, but it's verbal. I've been defamed. I've been defamed a lot. (laughs) You have, in writing and verbally. In writing and verbally. (laughs) That's true. God, (laughs) tough world. Tough Um, world. So the the food disparagement laws or the veggie libel laws, um, you've seen cowspiracy, they come up in there. Um, this is like the mad cow guy, right? Yeah, the, the uh, what's his name? The angry Howard something. Ooh, you're Howard, good. Howard Lyman. I see it right there. Yeah, it's, that's it. Um, God, sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, I didn't know I knew that. It was just in there. Yeah, like my brain was like, ooh, do 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 do, I got it. <laughs> well, does your brain make that noise every time? He kind of made this famous. And I guess the, the theme here is that it's really hard to know exactly what you're eating. Um, just like looking up eggs on the inter- internet, it's really hard to know if they're good for you or bad for you. It's really hard to, I mean, and scientists might disagree, um, obviously. Yeah, different nutritionists would disagree on if an egg's good for you or bad for you. So you can't, it's really hard, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the best place to go, though, is far away from anyone who benefits from this argument. Good point. So you don't want the cattle industry to be your source as to why cheeseburgers are good for you. Right. Um, just like you don't want a vegan to be your source to tell you why you should only eat vegan. Well. Um, you can look down the middle. Ooh. Well, not just a vegan, but if so, you don't want a broccoli yeah. company <laughs> to be here. Okay. Okay. So this is this is interesting, what you just said, because it, it rang a bell. Um, I, I, I do not listen to it as much as I'd like, but I am a fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan Experience. And yeah, he's like I, number one. Uh, a friend of mine was communicating to me about that new film that just came out, the documentary on Netflix, What the Health. Yes. And then one of the criticisms Joe gave it was that it was bad science Mm -hmm. because the doctors that they used for that documentary were all vegan. Yeah. I kind of get with that. Now, now, I have not watched What the Health yet. I need to. It's on my to-do list. Yeah. I think we're actually going to have a podcast about it. Okay, cool. But But, simply put. But so so basically what you're saying is, though, uh, it's that question of what is bad science. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where it gets tricky with the with even Cowspiracy has the same scientists or the same doctors in it. Um, it that's where it gets to be tough because if you want information from a doctor, um, and that doctor is vegan, um, any in my opinion any doctor who understands nutrition 
and gets to the point where they feel that, you know, meat and dairy are causing the diseases in America are going to go vegan. I don't think there's a doctor in America who's going to tell you that heart disease and cancer are caused by dairy and meat that isn't a vegan. Yeah, because they've understood that for themselves. Yeah, well, mean, think about it like anyone this. Anyone who, who finally gets convinced of that. Yeah, think about well, it like maybe this. Maybe not. But like, um, if maybe a not. doctor is vegan or if a doctor's not vegan, um, what what benefit are they getting from being a vegan and preaching the benefits of being vegan? There's no vegan... Mm you know, coalition that's paying these doctors off. Where there is dairy and cattle groups that are paying doctors or pharmaceutical companies that are and paying that's doctors. What, and that's the interesting thing about So there's no money in being a conspiracy or is what the there hell. no money in being a vegan? I can tell you there's actually less money. This is being a vegan has cost me a lot of money. <laughs> this podcast has cost me some money. There's no, no money in this. There's going to be money in being a vegan. And that's why uh, Bill Gates and along with 10 other billionaires have invested in that impossible meats company. They see what's coming in the future, whether it's for health reasons, environmental reasons, or sustainability. There's billionaires investing in. Um, what genetically engineered meat, mm -hmm. and then also just things that look and taste like meat that are plant-based. Let me offer just a contrary opinion. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. I am a meat eater. Um, I do. Uh, I'm interested in veganism. I, I like the food that you guys make. It's delicious. And uh, I will say this, though. I, I'm not disagreeing with these studies that come out, obviously, because I'm not a scientist, that say that dairy and meat can aid, I'm sorry, can add to the causes of um, these illnesses. But... I wonder in our country if it's a combination of that and the lifestyle of excess that we live in. The yeah. For instance, my grandmother, um, Ann Selner, Nana, as we called her, love her to pieces. Nana? Nana. Is that like N-O? N-A-N-A, Nana. Nana and Papo. N-A-N-A, Nana, Papo, I think P-A-P-O, maybe. I don't know. That's how you Italians pronounce it. Yeah, pretty much. Nana and Papo. Nana lived to 96 years old. All right. And she was an incredibly active 96-year-old. She would go for mile walks up until she was about 94 when she fell off a ladder to hang a potted plant. 94 years old, on a ladder in her home, fell off, sprained her ankle. Yikes. And you know the the sprained oh, ankle nana, yeah the sprained ankle was the beginning of the end unfortunately yeah um she ended up getting dementia and then passed away but aside from that the one thing i remember about her though um pretty vividly and she had some health problems she had a uh she had to wear a colostomy bag for probably around the last 20 or 30 years of her life do you know what that is yeah okay cool. we, <laughs> and uh we sorry. don't need to go in no. okay uh, well she had to she had some colon issues um and uh, so she had some health problems. But the, the one thing, I think part of it was genetics, but the other part of her was, especially in her twilight years, she she ate food, mm -hmm. but she never lived in excess. I mean, she cooked. I mean, if you've ever seen Goodfellas when the, the grandmother makes the, mm -hmm. the, yeah, that was her. Yeah. Uh, yeah and that's, that's half the reason why I'm so carb sensitive and weigh 300 pounds. But um, <laughs> she herself, though, did not consume, I think, what the average American would. So yeah. 
so I guess I, I, I'm not. Well, no, disa- I'm not point. disagreeing with what any of you guys are saying, but I'm thinking that there's other ways. What, to no, I, I, I think I it's think, the excess. Yeah, I think the issues because other countries eat meat. We other, went back to that, and other countries don't have the the stats that we do. But I think the problem in our country is not that we're just eating meat, yeah. but that we actually market something called a baconator. Yeah. <laughs> which literally, when I used to eat that, which has been about five years now, would make my chest hurt after oh I ate it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you, so you, you were here for the China study oh, yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The, if you look at the chart of American consumption of meat, as it doubles, heart disease doubles. As it doubles, cancer doubles. Any any country, the it's the excess. Yeah. And, uh, and then that rat study we talked about, the rats that were they were reversing cancer and heart disease on, they weren't eliminating um, no. Animal protein. They were reducing it to five percent. Well, right? and so is our which is what Americans used to eat five percent. Is right. our upping of um, meat and dairy products is that our choice or did someone tell us? Ah, yes. Hey. Look at Lisa bringing it back around. Someone's got it. Um, the government, um, the, the United States government, and our state governments are you know intertwined with politics, and the you know the politics of getting reelected costs money. And it's no surprise to anyone that that plays a part in how congressmen make their decisions every day. Uh, so, so you're saying there's pressure from big business, big business, and and there's no bigger business than agriculture in this country. No, da- care, and, cat, cattle and dairy are one of the the biggest you know companies in this country. And there's a couple big things that happened um, going back to these f- food disparity. The food disparagement laws or the libel laws against food. Um, the biggest one was Oprah um, in the 90s, but she was not the first one. There was a couple other huge issues. And essentially, Wait, you what get, happened with Oprah? Can you explain well, that? Just in general, you get on TV or you get into a newspaper, you get into a magazine, and you say something that hurts a business. Um, and can they sue you or can they not sue you? Um, and that's before we get to the Oprah thing. Um, we that's have what lib- it means to be liable? We have libel in this country, um, aside from all this. And there's been some major Supreme Court cases that have set this out. Coach Cat, we teach this, I think, in U.S. government. We do. Uh, Times <laughs> versus Sullivan um, was a case during the Civil Rights era um, where some southern states were suing the New York Times for disparaging them um, during the Civil Rights fight. And it's, it's a big, complicated case, but essentially what it did is it laid out um, the rules saying that if you are disparaged against whether it be a state or a business or an individual um, and you take someone to court for libel, um, they've put this in writing and you're going to sue them over it for money. In particular, in these cases, the money that you lost because of what they said, mm-hmm. then it's your responsibility to prove in court that that person um, disparaged you or libeled you. lying. Or, yeah, said something that hurt your business that was right. not true. So if I say Joe Schmo's, um, you know, chimney services, they screwed up. They built my chimney with, you know, I don't know, plastic Legos instead of, <laughs> you know, bricks or whatever. Well, you you got to write it. Yeah. You okay. Say it. Slander. That'd be slander, yeah. So, yeah, say I write it on the Facebook and I'm like, Joe Schmo's chimney services sucks. They, they're terrible. I hate them. Blah, blah, blah. And... If Joe Schmo, and then some, I'm very popular, and all yeah. my friends see this, and they're like, oh, I'm never using Joe Schmo's. And then Joe Schmo sues me. Joe Schmo has to prove that what I said was false. And hurt his business, and how much it hurt his business. And, and that's, that's how much right. he'd be suing that's you for. That's the norm. But that, it's, 
it's very yes that that in a nutshell it's norm but it's and very that, very difficult to prove and that was the that was the point the supreme court made when they ruled on this is they want it to be very difficult to prove we have a freedom of speech and that's what this case was over freedom of speech and if you're going to infringe on someone's freedom of speech you better have a really good case as to why you're doing that yeah um and it's very difficult to win these cases um but what's changed over history is, and this is only 13 states. We live in Ohio, which is one of them. Um, if we had 10 million listeners, we probably wouldn't even have this conversation <laughs> um, because we would be susceptible to these lawsuits. Um, is these 13 states have passed laws through their, their state Congress that kind of flip the script on what it means to be disparaged. And uh, Oprah was a very famous case, which shows that no one's protected by this. She's one of the wealthiest people in America. Um, she was sued by the, by the cattle company. She had this farmer on mm-hmm. who was raised a dairy farmer. If you've seen Cowspiracy, this guy's in it. He tells this story probably way better than I will. I but saw he, it on Oprah. I was original. OG. Mm-hmm. I watched Oprah. Really? Every day, 4 yeah. o'clock after school. Well, he was uh, a former, one of the largest cattle or uh, dairy cattle um, companies in the country. He went to school for it. Um, so he has the background. He's not he's your typical vegan guy. when you no. look at him. He's just he a, like talks outside like the side of his mouth. Exactly. With a cowboy hat on, jeans, old grumpy man. Um, but he's gone. Really down on him. <laughs> well, I think he's amazing. He wrote a good wrote a good book too. But essentially he got on there. He started talking about mad cow disease. Yeah. And he said to Oprah that mad cow disease is spreading. Um, all it would take is one break out one mess up in one factory for mad cow disease to be like the common cold in america and oprah i don't i can't quote her but she said something like oh damn that's terrible never eat that again i'm never gonna eat a burger again and everyone was like every housewife in the country was like oh shit i'm never eating it too yeah i mean she has a lot of pull Um, yeah she does she's oprah he said oh he said to oprah here's the quote you said mad cow disease can make AIDS look like the common cold. And Lyman said, absolutely. And she said, that's an extreme statement. Um, he goes back, says 100,000 cows per year in the U.S. are fine at night, dead in the morning. The majority of those cows are rounded up, ground up, fed back to other cows. If only one of them has mad cow disease, it has the potential to infect thousands. And Winfrey replies, it has just stopped me cold from eating another burger. Now, this dude knows this. This is his business. This is his life. This is what happens. Right. Your cows that you eat, a lot of them have eaten other cows. Yeah. Uh, Same with pigs. Um, Same with chickens, I think. So he said this on air to Oprah. What happened? They sued both of them. So they sued. Who's the the cattle company? Yeah. Yeah. This was in Texas. Does she film in Texas? No. No, she filmed in Chicago. I know that because I watch the show every day after school. She does film in Chicago. Okay. Texas cattle ranchers. Yeah, so that's like a coalition. Her. Five Texas. weeks after, uh, do I need to quote the source I'm reading here? Can I just read it? I think you. No, it's. Read I'm it. looking at PBS right now. It's I'm reading the Independent from the United <laughs> Kingdom. Oh, I like the Independent. <laughs> Oprah triumphs over the Texas cattle ranchers. Five weeks after it began, the Oprah Winfrey Mad Cow trial ended in Arm- Amarillo yesterday, with the jury of twelve coming squarely down on the side of the famed television talk show host and finding against a group of local cattlemen who'd accused her of sending the beef market into a spin two years ago. I think it was uh, the claim that tw- after this aired, they had a dramatic drop in sales yeah. uh, to the tune of oh, wow. like $12 million. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just fascinated. So during the trial, 
she had to move production of the show to Texas. Oh, because okay. she could, yeah, yeah. So it was that like sucks. six weeks, I think. Like they had to move production to Amarillo. Am, am I saying it right? Amarillo. Amarillo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they went. And they went after this guy too. Um, he he claims he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars um, to fight Lyman. this. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. so think about that. Um, that's Oprah. That's like big, high-profile people. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of the stuff that happens every day that we haven't seen. Now, keep in mind. Well, I mean, we don't have cattle everywhere across the country, but there's 13 states that have passed these laws. I could rattle them off, but you could imagine they're the states that have large mm-hmm. cattle production. Um, so these laws are different from regular libel laws. Why? So they've changed, too. And the Lyman guy says they've gotten worse since his case. But they these laws, and like I said, there are 13 different states with 13 different versions of this law. But in general, what they share is that they leave the burden of proof on the defendant. So the person that they're suing has to prove that they didn't cost this company money, which as a social studies teacher, Ugh. that's a violation of the right. Constitution. That is not protecting the freedom of speech. That is doing the complete opposite. That's not innocent until proven guilty. That's guilty and proven until proven innocent. Amen, sister. Damn, you must be good. a social studies teacher, too. Like, ev- like oh, this, once hey, this every is a real badass years. quote. Oprah's badass. I love she Oprah. Don't mess. Okay. I will continue to use my voice, Miss Winfrey declared. Do it. I believe from the beginning this was an attempt to muzzle that voice in this country, and I refuse to be muzzled. Wow. I will not change the way I operate. Oprah is an OG. <laughs> I like Wonder that. Oprah's still not eating hamburgers, though. I doubt that. But <laughs> um, but amen for like standing up for herself against right. this is insane. Yeah. Um, all right. So, when- so that was the Oprah case. There's been a couple other big ones. Uh, McDonald's. There's a... McLibel. That was in McLibel, the UK. McLibel. Yeah, that's on YouTube if you want to watch that. We haven't really gotten to watching all of that. that. There was a giant lawsuit where McDonald's um, sued somebody. There was an Apple one. Someone sued McDonald's. Or no, McDonald's sued somebody. Yeah. There was an Apple one in California. An app, like um, Apple the Fruit? Yeah. Um, I, apparently, a- these Apple companies sprayed their apples with a pesticide. Or not a pesticide. Sorry, it was something I'm picturing like Elmer's glue, but something that would keep it from fall- the apples from falling off the tree, yeah. so they would ripen more on the tree. Okay. Um, and eventually, there was some concern that this might be causing some kind of dangerous, you know, cancers. I don't and, need Elmer's glue. Um, tying that back. Oh, here's the case. But anyways, um, there's a lot of examples of this. The point here being is that there's a lot of reason that a company would be telling you that their product is good or bad for you. But this takes it to the next step where people are threatened and um, I guess muted to for standing up against animal agriculture. And right. if you've seen Cowspiracy or not just that, there's been a couple of their documentaries where people are trying to interview um, people about this issue and they won't talk about it. Because they don't want to get sued. They don't want to get sued. And it's... it's, So let me play devil's advocate for a moment. Mm -hmm. So if I am on the side of these, of of the cattle industry, is my stance being that we have not had a case of mad cow disease in this country, so therefore why is Oprah... Why would you... Or why would any celebrity or whoever... why Why would a person of mass influence, why would they create... Hysteria. Hysteria, yeah, because there's been no actual case. Yeah. So I guess guess that's their point. 
right? Yeah, that would be like their lawyer's point that there has been no cases of this. Therefore, what you said was false. Therefore, you screwed up our business for no reason. Right. Exactly. But then the the counterpoint would be, okay, yeah, there has been no cases, but I'm just trying to make the public aware that there could be a case. Yeah. And this is something we should be cautious of. And this is where it gets weird. And so the the Cowspiracy movie or some of the other ones where they – um, we talked a little bit about the environment and environmental groups and Cowspiracy. He goes to these environmental groups and he asks them, you know, if it's quite clear, and I don't think it's debatable that I think it's 91% of the rainforest deforestation is from animal agriculture is to clear. Yeah. The feed and then yeah, the, like that's the like land. A fact. That's a fact. You, you can't, can't argue that. Yeah. Um, greenhouse gas emissions, animal agriculture, um, water, um, all those different environmental things that we talked about in our environmental podcast are kind of undeniable. And he goes to these companies and says, why isn't this on the front page of your website, Greenpeace or Oceana? Or, um, and there's really no he, – he doesn't prove that they're being influenced by these laws. Mm-hmm. But the looks on these people's faces when he brings it up are fascinating. Um, and there's no fact. There's no – there's no data that I can tell you that these people are scared because um, they're not going to say anything. But I don't think you can fake just the looks. And that's my favorite thing about that documentary. It's a very basic, so, uh, low-budget documentary. But So you're just uh, saying they're afraid to get sued? Uh, well, Maybe. a lot of them are just employees. I mean, if you if you walk through the front employees door of, of PETA? No, no. Environmental, environmental yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. So Not the, PETA. No, PETA's no, like obviously. the Sierra Club. Yeah. Or you walk the into worldwide, the, f- the WWF, remember? They had that issue with yeah. the WWF. You walk into the worldwide. Okay. Wait, what was it? Like the world What's it called? What's it stand Federation. for again? We got this wrong in trivia. Oh, right. So I don't know. But with the panda. Yeah. Well, you walk into these Green organizations. You're, you're talking to a secretary. And then you end up talking to some kind of spokesperson. And then when that is brought up, and what the health? Um, they say, they, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, they ask about, you know, why does your company promote the consumption of something that the World Health Organization is causing cancer? They say that to the American Cancer Society. Or they go to the Diabetes Society, and they, you know, they put these facts out there, and you see these people kind of locked down and say, we can't talk about that, we can't yeah. talk about that. So there's no proof that these people have any sort of um, pressure or maybe funding from these groups, um, but it's a theory that's out there. Yeah. That um, not just, I mean, Congress being lobbied by these groups, that's not a theory. That's fact. You can look that up. Freedom of Information Act proves. Um, and the other weird thing that kind of proves that all this is true, that there's this, like, underground fear or money or... Um, Who's controlling everything. Yeah, is the number White one... White um, Males in their 30s. Illuminati. Yeah. In their 40s. Well, no, Illuminati. Jay-Z. The FBI has a list Eminem. of terrorist groups in America. Yeah. And the number one terrorist group in America that they watch. You are on it. Lisa. Oh, right there. Well, Lisa Murray. Oh, maybe Lisa Beats Your Me could be on it. Oh, that would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's animal rights activists. I, wait a minute. I could just see like an unmarked truck. Mm-hmm. An unmarked van. Out here on the street, yeah. Lisa goes, oh, Jimmy, I think it's the FBI. We're under surveillance. Oh, this is so fun. Yeah. Go in the basement. No, I'd be like, no, you want uh, some lemonade? I, I heard that a long time ago, um, before even terrorism was something that, you know, we... we before terrorism were, was a thing wait, 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 every wait, single don't day. Don't trail too far. Who's number one? 
Animal rights. Animal rights activists. Like a specific one? No, just no. all of them. So oh. the, and, the F- <laughs> oh, and the FBI watch list, that's the top of their list. Animal rights activists, so forget ISIS. Yeah, they're they're below Animal them. Forget the KKK. They're what? below them on forget the list. Forget the Illinois Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, forget the alt-right. Oh. I'm trying to get Antifa oh, on that, too. No. It's um, because. It's, it's a long it's, list it's of Antifa. Antifa. Oh. Not okay. Antifa. Antifa. Antigua? Antifa. Anyways, it's because animal rights activists might possibly screw with the production and another production, the um, the buying well, yeah. of of animal products, so meat and dairy, and that's such a big business that if anyone fucks with that big business, it really screws shit up. It's like the the airlines. The airlines were too big, or the banks are too big to fuck with, so our government had to come in. Like if you fuck with the cattle or the dairy production. It's not cool. Our government doesn't like it. They're the cattle and dairy are in the pockets of our government, and if you screw with them, yeah, you and screw I, with them. So follow my, follow my rational here. Yes. So this is so this is where we're at today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's theories abound that, and not just theories, but substantiated by proof of lobbying in our government, that the dairy conglomerate i don't know the dairy corporation meat industry Dairy council there's a dairy council dairy council meat industry all this stuff is influencing our politics so i want to draw a parallel here because at least jim well yeah we're all about the same age right i'm 38 36 i'm 18 (laughs) okay so (laughs) aside from you millennial the two of us i'm thinking about like when i was growing up and the tobacco industry it's had a such lot of a chokehold on this country. Yes. And I, I, you all have to look this up because I'm not sure. But can you imagine then what it took for the airline industries to ban smoking? Because mm-hmm. that was the first step. And then not really until the 90s, like when I was in high school and college, did cities start moving to the, you know, I, I specifically remember being in high school and going to a Perkins restaurant after football games, and the smoking and non-smoking section was just separated by, like, this glass wall. Mm-hmm. Not even. Sometimes it's re- re- just... A section of seating. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. no wall. It's just, you're there, you're there. Right, that right, side right. Smoking. And now, in 2017, like, you best damn not light up in a public place. Yeah. So like, yes. So, like, my question then is, and I, I don't think there's any real answer. It's just stuff to, like, maybe ponder about. We have all the answers. What did it take for the tobacco industry to lose that much hold on our government that things like this happen. I have the perfect answer. And how much financial loss do you imagine then has the tobacco industry took compared to the 1980s when, you know, the Marlboro man was king and what would it it take for the meat industry to undergo the same type of reduction? It's going to happen. It's it's happening. Um, Fast forward 10 years. It's happening. And I was a smoker during that time. I grew up in a smoking household, and yeah, so the strong arm of tobacco, that's what had to be broken, because, and this is proven in, you know, these, even, I think, was it What the Health, they showed this, or maybe Cowspiracy, Um, through the Freedom of Information Act, they show some of the the conversations that have been had between the tobacco company um, and Congress and each other, and their goal, which worked, and it still works, is to, to put a shred of doubt into our minds. All it takes for the egg or the dairy or the beef industry is a little bit of doubt. One little article that says, yeah, 15 eggs a week is good for you. That's enough for the American to be confused. And when we're confused, we make a lot of decisions. But what what happens eventually, what happened with smoking, is the science and the people 
It's undeniable. It's undeniable. You can't... I don't know anyone who's arguing that smoking's okay. When I was a kid, my dad had on the refrigerator an article from the newspaper saying that secondhand smoke is not bad for anyone. Really? Because they smoked in the house and in the car. And I read that article and I was like... You turned out all right. I was like, you know... Yeah, I did turn out all right. I still might I still might argue that it's not bad for people, but... I would strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah, would so would science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, and we were convinced of this. And my father, who was a very intelligent man, one of the smartest people I ever knew, um, wasn't... Because he was looking for that answer. And when he saw it, he clung on to it. But... It, it took years for enough people and enough places and enough science and enough articles to break that stronghold. And then eventually the tobacco industry just has to focus on addiction. So and now they focus on addiction. So you're saying that in 30 years, what happened to the tobacco industry should and could and will happen to the meat Will and I think Hell in less time. Yes. And okay. then now, finally I will for, be justified for a few and reasons. vindicated. For a few reasons. Okay. Let me disagree with you. Okay. I want it to happen. Yeah. And again, I don't don't think eating meat and dairy um, in in that 5% range that we were talking about, I don't think that's necessarily bad for you. And if you pick the right sources, I think it could be a healthy diet. Absolutely. I don't think health-wise, I don't think it is either. Right. uh, Meat, not dairy. I don't think anybody should have dairy. I think you could have a little meat. When you say dairy, are we talking eggs? Uh, no. no. All right. I'm, I'm so stupid. I'm no. sorry. Did I really just say that? Yeah. yeah. No, it falls no, into I the same genre. Dairy, dairy would be milk and, and cheese. Just, yeah, milk, which makes cheese. I don't think milk or cheese is ever good for you. I could see the argument that you could eat a little bit of meat every once okay, in a while. Okay, okay. Um, let me get back to my point. Uh, health-wise, not ethically. I understand. Under, okay, totally. Okay, I get it. Um, so anything in moderation, especially those things, could be okay within that 5% limit. But in 30 years... You're saying that the same thing that happened to the tobacco industry will happen to the meat and dairy industry. I hope you're right, but here's where I'm going to disagree. Wait, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I like hope it happens, but yeah. I you're don't, saying hope. Jimmy's saying is. Yes. Okay. okay. For right. several reasons. This is but, where yeah. I disagree with you. Okay. I disagree with you because unfortunately, and I, please, if, if you're offended by what I'm about to say, <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't take it personal. But <laughs> this it, is not this, a podcast for sensitive souls. I'm not. I, I'm not directing this at any one person. But here's here's the reality. Um, unfortunately, in our country, too many of us drive down the street and see the 99 cent value menu, and they're like, "Okay, cool, I'm there." And I think that level of marketing in the fast food industry, and especially especially Americans of the lower class and lower middle class will not break away from the convenience in tobacco. It was really easy to correlate smoking to lung cancer. And there were so many examples of it. Everybody, unfortunately, I think everyone knows somebody in their family that died of lung cancer and unfortunately smoked or or whatever. I think the, the correlation between meat and dairy and these other kind of cancers, the general public just isn't going to see it. Or if they see yeah. it, I don't think they're going to care. That's, that's a really yeah. good point. Well, so is because it up to of the, the Baconator. Is it up to the consumer? It's, no, but seriously, it's because of the ba- – it's personal responsibility. It's an it argument is. I had on Facebook well, here's my, this past week. Here's my hope and then my will okay. for that question. Go. Um, my hope is – and it's one simple thing that we have to do, and I'm reading a book about it right now, so there will definitely be a podcast about this. My hope is that we take the subsidies out. A McDonald's cheeseburger should cost six dollars. It costs one or two. The four 
is is us. We're paying for that through our right. taxes and mm-hmm. through it's the through what happens to the environment and through the processing. Um, so take the government out of it. Um, driving down the street, McDonald's will be able to sell you a great healthy plant-based meal for way cheaper than meat if you take the government tax out of that. Now that I don't think I don't think that's going to happen because everyone thinks it's safer and nicer and wonderful. Um, but maybe it will. Maybe enough of us podcasters or <laughs> documentaries or articles or the scientific community, enough people will be convinced. But I think the the will to my answer is we're running out of room. We and are. we are exponentially growing as a population. Okay. The population is exploding. And all these countries like these like um, India and Asia that used to just Asia's a continent, not a country. Well yeah. <laughs> you remember Eurasia? They were teaching that that was a continent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they are all flipping to this meat diet um, where they used to sustain these giant populations on plant-based diet because you can sustain a giant population on a plant-based diet. It takes less space and less resources. It takes some, but it takes less. Um, we're going to run out of room. That's it. It's that okay. simple. Something's that, gonna B- give. Bill Gates is probably investing in this burger, maybe because he loves animals, maybe because he's concerned with his health, but maybe because he sees that necessity is going to drive this diet. I yeah. hope so. I'll be honest with you. I hope so. It has well, to. It will be. All well, people, are gonna, least- people are starving to death. Um, and as soon as that comes it- to this country and and – Western countries will do something about it. People are starving to death in third world countries because they don't have a voice um, and their food's being fed to animals that we eat. Not to sound trippy, not to sound trippy, (laughs) but in the in the future, I feel like our meat will be processed from a lab and not from a farm. That just yeah, that's like financially makes more sense and land wise makes more sense resources makes more sense. I don't know about health wise though. That's gonna be weird and. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know. It'll st- I don't know, yeah. But I know the stuff that I'm talking about that Bill Gates is invested in, that's just strictly plant-based um, burgers. The Impossible not- Burger Company is not trying to yeah. find ways to – maybe they are. Lab, but lab I, meat's I, like, I don't think they're investing in lab meat, but – That's like recreating meat from, like, that's like a – what's that called? Not, like the, the sheep, what's that called? I don't know. Ugh, well, they took a cell and then they redid it and they made... Oh, cloning. Clone, that's yeah. a cl- like kind of cloning to make meat, right? Yeah, to make meat where the thing was never alive. Yeah, that takes the yeah. cruelty out of it, the space out of it, the waste out of it. Yep. Um, I and don't think it takes the cholesterol and all the right. other stuff out of it. Maybe, maybe, who knows? It'll be interesting. All right, this is um, interesting. Mm-hmm. So we got three social studies teachers here. This is how I wanted to wrap this up. Yeah. And it goes right back to what you are just saying with smoking cat. Um, what if... Um, we had this food disparagement law when Upton Sinclair wrote, what was it called again? Nerd the Jungle. Alert. The Jungle. Oh, bro. <laughs> so I was reading um, that she she even claimed that um, The Jungle was to She? Ch- Upton Sinclair? No, it's a he. he. Sorry. Oh, I thought you said she. I was like, so oh, my quick, God. So real quick, history lesson. So this is, we teach this every year um, in U.S. history. Upton Sinclair is this author who wrote this book during the progressive movement. Uh, basically exposed the meatpacking industry of inner city, I believe Chicago, might be New York, not sure. And Chicago. child labor, right? Well, no, not no, not really child labor. What he exposed was the conditions in which the meat was being processed, which was horrific, yeah. and also exposed the treatment of the meat packers. And factory yeah. workers like in general. Basically, dudes sitting there like chunking up meat and 
accidentally chops off a couple fingers and those finger just goes right in the meat and everyone yeah. just carries about their business and keeps on going. Um, the a good book. Yeah, the the one detail I remember kind of vaguely, uh, something about like the guys that had to work in the freezers, like hey. it, it was horrific. Like they would work in the freezer and then to not, um, you know, basically lose fingers and toes to frostbite bite they didn't have to go like in the boiler room and they just kept going back and forth <laughs> in these rooms and i'm reading this thinking like dude i thought my job like sucks sometimes like that's i love my job yeah if anyone was listening i love my job but seriously though on a bad day like that makes it's just crazy so so what you're saying if veggie libel laws existed when upton sinclair wrote the jungle would that information have gotten out would the progressive movement been a thing they would have been able to sue him yeah for sure. He hurt, he hurt would, business. I think Sinclair would be in jail. Here's my devil's advocate. Bring I th- it. I think the difference there is, though, and again, I'm not advocating for these corporations because they all suck. But I think the difference is, though, is Upton Sinclair had proof. He had actually documented proof of what was going on in these factories. Yeah. And I think if you have proof... Um, it's easier to it's beat like that expose. case. Whereas in, in Oprah yeah, won. Yeah, I mean, Oprah won her case. Oprah won, Most but, of these but, cases, they win. But where Oprah was kind of sitting on a slippery slope of is the farmer and her were speculating what could happen in this country. Now, I do believe that's protective versus free speech, and I'm glad she won. And it further you know, adds to the mythos of Oprah being the bomb. <laughs> but... But but seriously though, I think I think where these veggie libel laws are going would lose flat out is if you have proof. Like yeah. if, if you have scientific proof, or vi- I mean, in today's twenty first century, if you have camera phone footage of this stuff yeah. going down, then well, there's I- laws against that now too. Really? Yeah. Oh, so most of these states now they're called the ag gag laws, mm-hmm. agricultural gag laws, that it is illegal to film. Anything or take any photograph inside any, any of these production. barns. What states are we talking about here? Can the you list them out for me? This is why they moved. Um, they used to do this stuff outside. Okay. I mean, space-wise, they moved them inside, but they also used to have windows. They are closed off now. You can't see. Real quick: Alabama, Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, Utah. North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Ohio, and Ow, Texas. Oh, why did you say Ohio? <laughs> yeah. The whole time I was getting ready to be like, O-H-I-O, damn Ohio. You uh, let well, me no, down. The, the ag gag laws, I think, are even beyond these 13 states. Come but it says if, if, it's, if you don't own the business, you can't take a picture there um, or video, which... I mean, it's fair in some sense. Like, nah. it's your private property, but Here's the problem. this is what people are eating. Exactly. This exactly. is what the world is, or the, this country is consuming. So they don't have windows anymore, and you can't see any of these places. You can't sneak up on them. The only way you get in there is if you work there, and if you take a picture or a video, you are prosecuted um, to the, the, the umph degree. But, yeah, by, by what, what, millionaires. What are they? Billionaires. What are they? What's their legal stand? Though? Are they saying like they don't want their trade secrets to get out in the yeah, public? Exactly. That's yeah. it. Oh, man, that's garbage. So a lot of their process that's in like you know the Freedom of Information Act, where people pull these documents out of interactions between these companies and our government, are blacked out, um, and that's protected because they're they're secrets of the business. The trade secrets. Yeah. So the how uh, to gut a chicken in a factory. Yeah. I mean, co- oh, Coca-Cola man. used to put cocaine. <laughs> Coke. The Colombian pow pow? <laughs> yeah. The cocaina? Um, and we, we were allowed Seems to like call them deal. out on that. You know? Wow. That's crazy. My fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Andamasi, love her to pieces. She used to tell us a story about how when she was a kid, her dad had her put a, a, a rusty nail in a bottle of Coke. 
for like a couple oh, yeah. of hours and then pulled it out and oh. all the rust was off. Clean. Do it to a penny. Yeah. It looked like the day it came off the line. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Kind of blood with it. But yeah, so that's another, <laughs> it's a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that, and I like the cigarette analogy because it does take a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I heard a interview with Neil Barnhart actually was a guy from What the Health and they were asking about all the criticism they've got from this. And he talked about how hard it was to go up against these big businesses they said, "Well, how do you do it? You're just you're just a doctor out here trying to spread this word against Good these word. these giant corporations." And he says, "It's difficult. It's, it takes a lot of resources. He's like, but the one resource that wins every time is the truth, yeah. is the actual truth." And this guy's been at it since the '80s, and now all of a sudden, this is this is catching up. This is this is Jim Murray's a vegan. Like yeah. this stuff's catching up. Really, I think what it's going to take, going back to the tobacco analogy, it's going to take. The truth being, people are going to have to prove scientifically and with mass case studies that this portion of the population died because this food product caused this disease. Mm-hmm. And I think that, the, you know, going down that rabbit hole, the first step would be suing the meat and dairy industry that they have to put a label on their products like tobacco does now. Yeah. Of saying, warning, this the gin cause whatever but i mean according to diabetes. But, that's a, but that's insane too because um you know i just recently read like you know a lot of products were putting um what is it they, they were putting non-gmo labels on their food yeah and now there's lawsuits out there saying that you can't do that yeah the supreme court's looking at it man it's crazy i want to know <laughs> what goes into my body i guess i just need to go to that's Farmer not Joe. yeah that shouldn't be too much to ask yeah. to, to know what you're what you're eating and that's why but it I, is hard to change I, our convenience and i think that's been the hardest thing of being a vegan is not being able to pop into a restaurant or, you know, pop into a fast food place or even a nice restaurant. You don't, you don't know where it's coming from All unless day. you buy it. Even at the grocery store, it's difficult to know where it's coming from. Right. I and know where it's coming from. You don't know where your Taco Bell is coming from. I don't want to know where that's coming <laughs> from. I had Taco Bell last week for the first time in, like, ages. Did you get a bean burrito? We dabble. We dabble. I got a bean yeah, I got that, and it was delicious. But let me tell you something. What? <laughs> and I, actually, I'm going to save that. That's going to be my closing comment when we're done. I'm going to talk about. That. We can get it. Let's wrap it up. This is good, but let's finish it up, right? Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's the point. So we we don't have any specific proof of how ingrained they are in influencing people or businesses, but we do know that there's laws out there that protect these companies. Um, in my opinion, they're a violation of the freedom of speech. Um, we do know that there's influences in our Congress that cause them to say or not say certain things about the food that we eat. And uh, I guess a running theme we've had through all these podcasts is, like you just said, Felix, know what you're putting in your body. Yeah. And that's harder and harder to do. Yeah. Yep. All right. Closing I, thoughts. Um, know oh, yeah. what you're putting in your body. And companies should not be able to withhold that information. However, I think it cuts both ways. You want to know what you put in your body, but at the same time, you need to accept personal responsibility for what you're putting in your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my argument of how I hope you're right, but I worry that it's not going to happen because Baconators are delicious. <laughs> they are. Oh, they I absolutely are. Um, <laughs> they make you feel like hot garbage afterward. <laughs> I'm living proof, but you know, and I haven't actually had a Baconator in quite some time for that good reason. For you. Because oh man, it's, it, they're good. They they do taste good, but man. It's like a gut. It's like literally a nuclear missile just explodes in your belly. And who wants that? Um, you know, so so here I am, you know, just trying to be healthy. Uh, I like veganism. Maybe one day I'll be a full-blown vegan. <gasps> Do you want vegan. some stuffed peppers for lunch tomorrow? I have a couple extra. I'll take one. They're, they're, not, they're very small. That's fine. I'm, I'm still on my diet. Okay. So I'm li- liquids mostly. 
But uh, I can blend it up. For <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um, so you know, anyone out there listening, know what you're putting in your body. Be personally accountable to it, though. And even some things, though. I used to drink one Diet Coke a day, and pop kind of makes me sick right now. That's like, good. Like I, I don't. I used to think I'd never do without pop, but it's been probably now seven but years. But see, that's your mindset. You could be done with meat and dairy, and then in like a couple months, be like, I feel fine. I don't even want it. That is yeah. true. <laughs> you could. You that can change true. your behavior. I'm going to talk about my closing thoughts. Is that you can and you should change your behavior, and the consumer should be the person with the most power here in our country. Like, fuck these cattle and dairy producers or councils or whatever. The consumer should have the majority of the power, and we don't because we listen to other people. We could have the power. Yeah, there should be Hell no yeah. secrets. yeah, I'm making a fist right now. There should, <laughs> amen. There should be no secrets. We should know what we're consuming, and we shouldn't have to fight to know what we're consuming. No. Fight the power. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it's been it's been great. Episode fifteen. Yeah. Um, as always, um, we are begging. If you listen to this, we know you do. We see the stats. No, um, hold on. Let's need... do. Let's do another. <laughs> I don't even want you to subscribe. Don't even subscribe to this. It's reverse psychology, ah. Jimmy. Yeah. Joe Rogan, if you're listening, please share our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joe. Help us yeah. out. So, if you're listening, just please don't subscribe to this show. Yeah. It's not worth what episode anything. Is 15. So I'll see you guys episode 20. All right. I might get you. Deuces. All right. See ya.